What's up, everyone? I'm Katherine Rudder, and this is Life in the Fast Chain. On this episode, we have Ledger Edge. We have CEO and co-founder David Nickel, as well as the head of business development, Tim Cook. This episode was particularly fun for me to record because all of our paths have um, crossed in the past, in our past lives, if you will, um, and I would venture to say that we are good friends. Um, I don't know if they would say that back, but we're just going to go with it. Um, I miss seeing these two in London. Uh, we talk about how our paths have crossed in the episode, so you'll have to, to listen to hear more. But um, also learning more about the corporate bond market was really fun for me um, and what Ledger Edge is trying to accomplish. So um, they hope to improve market liquidity and address inefficiencies and weaknesses there. So I learned a lot. I think they have a, a lot of work to do in the next uh, few months, and it's a really, really exciting time for them. So I'm just going to jump right into it. I hope you guys enjoyed the episode as much as I enjoyed recording it. On the line with David Nickel and Tim Cook, thank you both for joining me today. Thanks, Catherine. It's great to see you again. Yeah, great to see you, Catherine, as always. Oh, thank you so much. I wish we were in person. Seeing you both just gave me a blast from the past, back to normal life, out at a bar, having some drinks with some <laughs> clients, with people. We also went to work every once in a while, Catherine. Well, sometimes, but those aren't the fun <laughs> Well, at least we should remember this conversation. <laughs> oh, I know. I we did have some fun times in the offices. Um, how are you guys doing with the lockdown? You're both in London, correct? We are indeed. I have to be honest. I'm not a big fan of this next round of lockdown. I think the mm. first one, everyone started baking bread and scheduling fun Zoom meetings, and now everyone's like, let's just get it over with. Yeah, yeah. I'm the same. I, I kind of. I'm at the point now where I'm like, this is this is just too much. This third one definitely seems to have hurt me more than most. And actually, I was speaking to a buddy of mine the other day. I think this is the first time I've genuinely missed the commute. You know, my commute is like two hours door to door. And that oh always used to be my noose around my neck. And then I realized that actually that hour of tranquility on the train every day there and back was absolutely ideal. So, um, yeah, yeah, it's uh, strange times. That, that said, it's uh, a lot of people have it really, really... Um really hard. It's a really difficult time. And um, we, we've got a great company running and working with great people and everyone's healthy and happy. So you can't complain too much. Yeah, no, I agree. It's worth definitely mentioning. We're very uh, lucky that, that we're able to even have jobs right now um, and are healthy and happy. Trying to stay mostly sane. I will say the bread comment is really funny because I, at the beginning of quarantine, I've gotten in shape. I've gotten out of shape. I've gotten in shape again. Out of shape. I've, like, I've been so prepared to like see the world and then completely not. Um, but the bread thing is funny because I was like, oh, obviously I'm going to start making sourdough bread. I did like one, I was like fermented the whatever once. I smelled it, nearly threw up. I was like, I'm not doing this. <laughs> that was the moonshine, Catherine, I think. I mean, uh, I can't. I, I had to take a break from actually eating sourdough bread for a while. But anyways, we alluded to um, us all kind of working together at some point. Tell me a little bit about uh, both of your backgrounds and what brought you both to Ledger Edge. Let's start with you, David. 
Yeah, of course. Um, so uh, it was great to work with you at R3, Catherine, where I was for uh, three years before uh, starting Ledger Edge. At R3, I was uh, doing product management, focusing mostly on capital markets issues and opportunities for, for blockchain and distributed ledger technology. And it was really in conversations with market participants uh, in the corporate bond market and, um, and, and conversations with David Rudder, where we realized that there really is an opportunity here in the corporate bond market to do things quite differently if we, mm -hmm. if we think about this in a different way through an ecosystem lens rather than you know the, the way that it's thought about today. Um, and it was in the office working at R3 where I first ran into Tim Cook. Tim, what a pleasure that was. Yeah, sorry, okay, I thought you, that you were going to tell some funny anecdote about me, but... Uh... No, saving that one for later in the episode, definitely. <laughs> no, fine. No, I've, um, yeah, Catherine, yeah, uh, I've, I suppose I've been in electronic trading platforms and um, electronic systems for quite a while now, and in fact, a, lo a large part of my career has been under Dave Rush in some way, shape or form. I mean, our paths first crossed um, back in 2007 when I joined ICAP Electronic Broking, uh, working on CDS and then re repo products. Um, more recently, um, I was sort of there early doors with Liquidity Edge, which was uh, another Dave Rutter company, which was US Treasuries, um, where I ran the MIA and APAC uh, sales for that company. And, and um, yeah, I joined, I joined Ledger Edge in, uh, well, middle of last year, actually. So, yeah, it's been amazing uh, to be part of this, this new journey. Yeah, definitely. It was nice. Uh, it's kind of funny how the last uh, year kind of brought you both together, but also being in the same office, I feel like, oh my gosh, I can't start talking about being in the same office because I loved being in the office with you both. Um, but it's kind of cool how you both came together for uh, Ledgeridge. Tell me about the company. Um, yeah. So we've got um, we've got a great team. I think that for for startups, new ideas, um, really innovative ideas. It's great to have a good idea. It's excellent and necessary to have capital to, to get a full swing, to get a full opportunity to, to give it a shot. But then it, it all comes down to the team and to execution. So um, I think the best part of Ledger Edge is, is the great team that we have put together. So uh, yes, um, it includes Tim Cook. Um, he was one of the uh, very first people that we looked to hire because you know, you know, we have this great idea. We think it's going to work, but it all has to be tested with the market. And you really have to get you have to be very, very close to the customer. And you really have to deeply empathize with what they want to do, what they're going through now, the way the market's changing, so that yeah. you know you, you can create a solution that actually works. So Tim's been um, immense in in getting us really close to to the customers who are most forward thinking in the market. Um, in addition to Tim. We have um, uh, Ian Chicken, our uh, chief operating officer, who has set up more electronic platforms, more new markets than, than I can count on one hand. And he's, he's absolutely a, a steady hand with, with all of the very complicated uh, maneuvers that you have to go through to uh, become a licensed entity and to set up really complicated systems. Um, on the tech side, we have uh, Bob Bose, uh, our, our chief technology officer who is, uh, again, an amazingly calm and, and brilliant creative with technology, I would call him. Um, there's a theme here. Everyone, everyone seems to be very calm. They must be overcompensating for their, their <laughs> CEO. But no, I'd say that's, that's the best part. That's the, and, and that's maybe not what you were looking for. But uh, uh, Tim can tell you a little bit more about the business itself. 
That's exactly yeah. what I was looking for. I actually want to know like how how much you guys have grown because you're a, you're a lean team, but you guys have done a lot, and I know you guys are working really hard. Yeah, it's um, it's one of those things you kind of have a great idea, and and the things about you know starting a new company is is just how incredibly hard it is. Like yeah. just uh, you know, I think we we had a credibility as in people knew about us knew about us individually in the market, and certainly what you know Dave Rutter had previously done. Um, so, so that always helps when you have someone like that, um, sort of somewhere in the background. But I think, um, you know, in, t- in terms of getting out in front of people that last year was just manic, you know, we, we kind of yeah. went out to all the dealers, to all the, the, uh, the buy side, I should, you know, mention Charlie Gibson and we brought on a, on product development, um, a business development, I should say, who, uh, has a very good and strong reputation and on the, with the buy side as well. So we ju- we just spent hours and hours with working groups and speaking to clients, you know, showing what our plans were, what we thought was a great idea. They kind of said, yeah, actually, we really like some of that. Some of that sounds a bit rubbish or this needs to be fine-tuned. Thankfully, actually, there wasn't too much they said was rubbish. Um, <laughs> and, um, yeah, so, you know, last year was just all about meeting and greeting and showing our, hopefully, our credibility and you know, finishing the year, you know, in a strong position to actually start putting down code and, you know, getting this thing going, really. Yeah, it's so interesting. Has COVID um, impacted kind of because this is a lot of obviously like meeting people and sharing your ideas and getting them on on board with you? Was that difficult with COVID not being able to be in person or were you still able to kind of manage throughout the year? Yeah, it's it's definitely a handicap. Um, you know, it's, uh, not being in in person creates a challenge for creating the right kind of culture on the team. It just yeah. you just have to think about things a lot more, and you have to think about you know uh, challenges that you, that don't come up in in regular in person working life. You know, like Zoom fatigue or or yeah. someone being on the twelfth hour of a video call. Um, yeah. You know, you you want to be very close to customers, and it's just a little bit more exhausting when you you, you have to look at them through a little tiny camera on your laptop. So, um, so that's definitely a challenge. Um, but uh, no, last year we were able to meet up every once in a while when the lockdown rules allowed. We, we're all based in or around London, so um, uh, you know we, we're uh, figuring out what the next lockdown rule will be. But uh, no, we were able to meet up every once in a while, including for those working groups that that Tim mentioned. Um, and th- there was a really nice, a really nice few moments when we were all gathered for those big meetings. You know, we had, you know, maybe, maybe twenty different clients on the line. We're about to share with them our designs, what we think, you know, we're we're going to build. Um, and you get that real sense of okay, this is exciting, you know, and, and there's yeah. a risk that who's going to show up? Will anyone say anything? <laughs> and and then some real great release altogether when we get all this wonderful feedback from so many uh, uh, potential customers. Yeah, yeah I, I, I think um, I'd also add just on you know in terms of uh, getting in front of people and has COVID been a pain? I, I think we all felt. For the frustration of not being able to, as a company, interact as, as much as you'd want, because you get this like brilliant free free flow of information. I think the real positive has been actually the amount of meetings that we can achieve in any given period of time. I mean, you look at this week, for example. By the by, the time this this Friday is finished, we'd have done fifteen hours of demos. Now there is there is no way in hell if we were under normal conditions, we would have been able to go and, and complete that many um, demos walking around <laughs> yeah, yeah. London or Europe with our laptop. Um, yeah. it, it just it just wouldn't have happened. I know that. So in some ways, your day's longer, which is, you know, a blessing and a curse. You can achieve a lot more in a day, um, but you are kind of glued to your screen, glued to calls. But 
and yeah. you, you can really rinse the day quite a lot, which I, which I do quite like. Yeah, and, and, and likewise, in the very early days, we had to just get the product design down. We had to put the company strategy down. We had to write all the documents to prepare our MTF application. That just yeah. requires focus. You just have to sit down and do it. And, yeah. you know, if, if you, um, to the bread comment, if you've ruined your starter, well, what, you know, what are you going to do with your day? You're going to sit down and write an MTF application. It's a, it's a pretty nice way to just get stuff done without any distractions. Yeah, that's true. You don't have the distraction of uh, me running around the office like a crazy person also. <laughs> Which I would do, <laughs> I would do uh, all the time when I would go to London. Um, so what is unique about the corporate bond market than other asset classes? And I ask this for, for two two reasons. One, and I never talk about this stuff on the podcast, but my um, boyfriend is a corporate bond broker and I watched the way he does things it's not which I'm probably getting in trouble for this but uh he worked from home once and had a physical ticket machine that he like brought in his bag to my apartment I was like what are you Catherine, doing I think that's that's just a power move that's a dramatic effect I, I, mean, I don't think anyone does that Catherine <laughs> I think he was like yeah we're like one of the last firms that do this I was like mm, okay I don't know I think you're just trying to prove that you're like you do work Hey, you know what? It's got to be done. (laughs) But I I was like, how is this still a thing? And then he's taking pictures of it with his phone. I'm like, why didn't you just do this online? I have a whole thing. So what's unique about the corporate bond market that like the problems that you're trying to solve? Well, I I didn't know that we were trying to solve the physical ticket problem, but I I think we just need to add that to our list of challenges, Tim. (laughs) So, So, okay. So the corporate bond market is huge. It is um, every company that issues debt in the form of corporate credit, in the form of corporate bonds, uh, they, they issue sometimes multiple times a year. They yeah. let those issues sit for, you know, until maturity. And, and bonds are generally issued in increments of five or 10 or 30, or even some companies do 50 or 100 year bonds. Yeah. Um, and so because of that, the volume of assets that are in the market is greater than you know the the equity market. There, there's one yeah. Apple stock. You know, there might be different classes of stock, but in general, it's it's pretty um, consistent what you're looking at. Yeah. Apple has many many issues of of corporate credit in the market, so that just means that the the volume of assets that could be traded are huge. Yeah, they're also all different in their own way. They're all they're all valued differently. Um, and they, some of them have special provisions. It's uh, it's just a more complicated market. Mm-hmm. Add on to that the fact that the nature of a bond is that the company pays you back at the end of the maturity cycle, as well as uh, a coupon usually uh, throughout throughout the life. So it's it's a very mm-hmm. different style of of, uh, of return generating asset. Um, and so a lot of a lot of firms, a lot of uh, asset holders hold corporate bonds as a, as a buy and hold asset. They, they like to buy it to yeah. maturity, right? So that means yeah. that when you're looking at the corporate bond trading market, you've, you've got you know, the secondary market, you've, you've got those, those different complicating factors to deal with. If you're looking to trade an Apple bond, you have to figure out which one you're talking about, where the market is for any of the many issues that are out there. Um, and then you have to go find the buyer, the seller, depending on, on what, you're, what you're doing. This means yeah. that the market's just been... Uh, it's been difficult to modernize, and, and there have been some wonderful um, and successful attempts to modernize the market over the last twenty or thirty years. You know, the market has been kind of dragged into a digital age, and 
it's yeah. been made electronic in a lot of the more liquid ends of the um, of, of the market spectrum. You know, those those bonds that trade most often, and it, it is only you know a very small number. It's a couple hundred really that that take up the vast majority of trades today. They 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 trade electronically quite successfully. However, there's a huge amount of uh, frustration, a huge amount of fragility and, um, and, and challenge in trying to get trades done when either the size of trade is slightly larger, you know, maybe over a million in size, or when mm-hmm. the asset itself is slightly more complex, the trading situation is more complex, um, or when it's a slightly less liquid bond. Um, it's, it's really difficult. And, and that's really what, what started the idea for Ledger Edge. We, I, we looked at the market and we thought, wow, it's, you know, it's only 27% of, of trades run on an electronic platform today. Why, why is that? It's, it's not like the technology isn't there. So I sat yeah. down with a bunch of credit traders and said, walk me through these different types of scenarios. You know, let's, let's talk about a complicated trade. Let's talk about a large and size trade. And uh, this was uh, a year and a half ago. Most um, sat down and said, well, okay, with this one, I'd probably just go to the Bloomberg chat and talk to my friend in Germany about this because I know he's traded this before. And on the yeah. other one, they'd say, I, I'd pick up the phone because this is a huge order. I'm not going to put this out on an electronic platform where everyone can see what I want to do. Um, yeah. You know, maybe at some point someone would would have their trade run across a physical tape that's printed out in in your apartment. But it's 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 a very fragile market in that as soon as you put that order out there, often the rest of the market can see what's going on and the market moves against you. So it, it's it's a real it takes a real art to get things done in the credit market. Yeah, it sounds also just very complicated, like you said, like more complicated um, trades and then also the bigger one. I, I don't know. It's it's interesting to me that there's it seems like slower to adapt to the new technology when it seems that this market really needs it. Yeah, absolutely. And I think that, you know, the as I said, there have been some great um, digitization efforts. There are a lot of electronic platforms out there that do really well. And just mm-hmm. the tools haven't quite been right to trade more electronically. They haven't quite been right to allow people to get trades done without much market leakage. You know, all data today is owned and controlled by the platform operator, and it's yeah. treated as a commodity. When, you know, in reality, it's it's 2021. You should be able to tell what kind of data is coming into the platform, from whom, and how valuable it is. And And then furthermore, you know, those data contributors should be paid fairly for their data contribution. This kind of yeah. this makes sense to us, and it's possible with the technology. So, you know, why why are we not there? Yeah, the, the, the reality is that the, the markets, um, the the credit markets, and markets in general, um, you know, it, it's it's really about sharing of information and how that's done. And and credit markets really aren't set up in a way to share information that well. You know, you look at the the markets that have gone, you know, um, you know, fully sort of digital or you know, they're super liquid markets like the FX markets. We've seen that with treasuries as well, where almost mm-hmm. the, the de- dissemination of data has almost become quite commoditized now. In, in credit yeah. markets, because you've got a massively fragmented market, the, the ability to share information can cause huge market impact. And so yeah. in, a, in a centralized structure where you're basically saying, oh, I'm going to show this to anyone, that that level of market impact can be really prohibitive to getting a trade done. So it's really an architectural point of view, which is, you know, with, with current systems and the way that data is shared, the current sort of models, they, they just don't really stack up that well. Well, we don't think so. And we think that the way the market operates right now kind of highlights that it doesn't work well. So the premise yeah. is, well, how do we start to make people a lot more comfortable with sharing a lot more information um, and not losing control of that? 
Got it. Very good segue into my next question. So how do you think distributed ledger technology is going to solve these problems? It's going to solve it completely. It's going to make corporate bond trading a delightful experience. Um, delightful. Yes, it, it is. No, it goes back to what Tim said. Uh, and um, no, I, I believe that it's, it's going to go from being a difficult thing to, to a real, it'll be an, an, uh, a very positive art. It goes back to what Tim said, um, that today the architecture is really that all the data, all the orders, everything comes into a central place where it's then seen by everyone and you mm -hmm. either get the trade done or not, right? Does this, does this sound familiar to the rest of the episodes <laughs> on this podcast? Um, right? In, in reality, the, when you put an order in, you, you don't really want it to be seen by the whole market usually. Sometimes yeah. you do, in which case that's easily done. But if you don't want it seen by the whole market, you really just want it exposed to those people who have a known interest in whatever it is you're buying or selling. You'd really mm -hmm. like people with firm orders on the other side to see what you're doing but not to expose yeah. that data unnecessarily. So um, what distributed ledger technology allows us to do, it'll, it allows us to create a distributed ecosystem. Instead of this like central platform ideology, it's an ecosystem. And everyone mm -hmm. who's coming into the ecosystem has an entry point. In our case, it's, it's a node, right? Where they bring their data in, they exchange data with other, other members of the market, and they get mm -hmm. trades done. That's, that's key because they get to control their, their data at every point in the process. And that's not just functional control. They, they get economic control too. We, the market operator, don't sell their data onwards in some sort of you know, uh, order feed. Um, they, they own their data um, on both a functional and an economic level. That distributed architecture then also allows us to put in place that, uh, a system that incentivizes data sharing. It, it analyzes data coming in measures it, it says how, how valuable is it on this trading day in this context? What what is this trading party doing? Are they are they spamming the market? Are they, you know, putting in lots of, of good trades? Well, you know, those who are adding liquidity, adding value to the ecosystem should be rewarded for that. And those who are yeah. simply pulling data from the ecosystem, well, they should be charged fairly for what is a very high value service. So that yeah. distributed ledger technology gives us the, the, the framework to put that in place. Yeah. Um, Tim, you describe Ledger Edge as one of the most ambitious companies you have ever been a part of. Is that because of David Nickel? <laughs> <laughs> no, it, was um, right. it, it turns out it's actually really easy, this business. Um, <laughs> no, I, the, um, yeah, it, it definitely is. I think, I, I think that the, the real challenge is... Um, uh, it, you know, education makes it sound like, um, you know, we're going out there and telling people, oh, no, this is what you've got to do. And it's not like that. It's more because we're coming at this from a completely different point of view. The questions that you're asking us now, which is why distributed ledger? You know, what are you guys doing differently? How is it going to improve my life? We, you know, we have to spend a lot of time really trying to highlight the value. And it's not always uh, as simple. It takes a bit of time to have that conversation. I think yeah. the, the other thing as well is that, you know, we're, we're building this platform from the ground up which is a blessing and it's a curse in, in one sense it's it's the biggest blessing because you basically look at everything that's gone on the market and you say well you know what that definitely hasn't worked that doesn't work this is how we want to future proof ourselves because we want to get into these all cool ai components and all this other stuff so we can make sure the architecture is is really good from um, from that point of view and, and you know everything else can plug in and there's some really good new technologies out there which can really help us um, but you know, the fact is you're, you're building out 
new pipes, you're building out completely new um, architecture, you're building out a new interface, you're building API specs, you're then having to, you know, sell the sort of the dream, the vision to, to the wider market. And it, it just takes so much time. And, um, and you know, it, it's complex as well. OMS integrations, EMS integrations, they're, they're very, very complex things. So it's, yeah, it, it's really, really ambitious. And our ambitions as a company are very broad. You know, this isn't something where we think, oh, we can just tweak a few dials here and we can get the corporate bond working a little bit better. You know, our, mm. our visions expand so much further beyond that. Um, you know, we have our, our short-term goal, which is get this thing going. But where we see this whole thing going is, um, we think, going to be really revolutionary. Yeah, there's, there's yeah, so much potential. We just, uh, we totally. just, the challenge is we have to focus this year. We're going live in September in a, with a model where we're asking users to totally rethink the way that they can get things done in the market. Um, and yeah, there's <laughs> tons luck. of potential for after that. But you have to focus. You have to just deliver on, on right now. Yeah, I think like kind of back to what you were saying too, Tim, like it's, it sounds so complicated too, but like it's, and this is true of Corda too. I think when we always talk about like when the beginning of the company and, and like how we could have just like used other platforms and tried to like use kind of them for our use cases, but then they were like, oh no, this is going to be 10 times, if not a hundred times harder to build this from the ground up, mm -hmm. but it'll be worth it. And mm -hmm. I think that's kind of seems the same with with you guys, it's, it's tough to getting, I'm sure getting people onboarded and the educational, this all sounds just like our, the beginning of our three. I'm gonna <laughs> it is, it is a lot of fun, but uh, no, it's also, it's also a lot of fun when you, we start to hear from clients that they're interested. I mean, like, you know, yeah. I'm, I'm on calls with Tim and with Charlie and we, it's, it's every moment of like sharing more and more and more about what we're doing. There's this, you know, moment where we say, well, what do you think? Uh, everyone's like, yeah, this makes a lot of sense. Yeah. Great. Yeah. I, I remember when, you know, at Liquidity Edge, when we were doing that, when, you know, that was a market structure change for treasuries and you, and you do sort of yeah. pitches and demos and, you know, you'd say, we've got this great idea. We think the streaming is going to work. It worked in FX markets and you're doing these things and, and, and you, you're just hoping that someone doesn't throw you that curveball that basically says, oh, no, no, this is completely wrong for this reason. <laughs> and yeah. I think, you know, we did, we, 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 you know, we went through all these meetings, particularly last year, and um, you know, luckily we didn't have any of those either. When someone stops us in our track and said, you know, well, this can't happen because of this, and you know, then we would have been sat there scratching our head. So, um, in, in that sense, it, it's been nicer feeling as though we feel a lot more confident that not only do we have a good idea, but it could properly do the things that we want it to do in, in the, the context of a real market. But um, yeah, it's uh, yeah, it, it, it's scary at times as well. Appropriately paranoid, Tim. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, enough on a rage that it keeps us honest. That's it. <laughs> well, also just because you both have worked in startup uh, kind of situations, you're familiar with that. And like you obviously, it's like boots on the ground at all times. Um, but what, uh, because you've been in startup environments, both of you, what experiences have you learned that you've brought into Ledger Edge? And how do you like working for a startup? Great question. Uh, I'll take a stab at first, Dave, then I'll hand it over to you. Um, I, I think... Let, lesson number one, always let Tim speak first. <laughs> because That's... then Dave gets the glory at the end. Dave always gets the one remember. <laughs> Just a cherry picker, that's all. <laughs> no, actually, Dave and I have quite a good idea. Like, I, I tend to know when he wants me to speak first and, and vice versa, actually. So I, I know what his pauses are. So there was enough there that says, can you go first? 
like, it's a great question, Catherine. I think like the, 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 the thing that I, I love about being in the startup world is the, uh, is the energy and everything that you get um, in terms of real ownership of the business, real control over where the business goes. You make decisions that are very critical to the, to the overall running of the business. Um, and you, you're living very much at the coalface. And, and that's brilliant. Now that comes with the downsides of that because you have complete responsibility for the success of it and you feel massively accountable. And I think uh, kind of going on from your question, like what's the, the sort of the things you learn? The, the biggest thing I've learned um, over that time is, 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 is basically just to try and keep a, an equilibrium the whole time because there's some things that happen which you think are amazing and there's some things that happen which you think, oh, this is just the worst day ever. And actually yeah. neither of that good or neither of that bad. Um, and like, uh, you know, it, it, I just look at it as, as though you have a thousand tasks to do, concentrate on the ones in front of you, keep ticking those boxes. And then, you know, as long as you're doing the right things, you've got the right people behind you, you've got the right balance and checks, then your, your curve should be upward. Mm. Um, and so, yeah, th th they're the things that I've probably learned over the last, you know, five or six years. Yeah. It's the, the, the best thing about working in a small startup is the, the energy, like every, having everyone so co coordinated and focused on the same goal, you know, is, is wonderful in any context. To have it be a goal that everyone believes in and, and that truly, you know, has a lot of potential is even better. And, and then, you know, then you start to see some success. You start to have customers say, you know what, you're, you're really onto something here. Then it's like it's it's just uh, it's just wonderful. That that doesn't mean it's easy, you know. As as we talked about earlier, the, the the challenge I think is is on just focusing on the most important thing at the right time, and uh, and you know with, with lots and lots to do, everyone's working in as hard as they can, um, and it's really uh, about uh, about that focus. I think the thing that that I've learned is is that um, is that when you you know you put challenges in in front of your team. When you know you, you, it's the the vagaries of life hit you in, in every day in the life of a startup, um, you know when you when you've hired really good people, you hired a great team who know what they're doing, and then it's delightfully surprising every day. It's uh, it's great. It's it's just been wonderful to work with a really good team. Yeah, you guys are definitely a lean team, but I feel like such a strong team too. And also having the confidence of like, which I think you guys are not lacking in confidence. <laughs> confident, not cocky, Catherine. I'm kidding, I'm kidding, I'm kidding. Um, no, but like having the confidence that you guys have of like, we see how we could make a massive impact and like really believing in what you guys are doing um, is so important, especially in a startup. Like I, I don't think... That's been a, a thing at R three as well. It's like if you don't believe in what you're do what we're doing, you're not mm -hmm. going to really put your all into it. But you mm -hmm. guys are clearly super passionate and confident in that you can make a big difference. Yeah, which I think it's really good mindset. Also, well, that, that's very kind of you to say. I, I think we've we are also fortunate to um, to have a lot of people working in this market. A lot of our a lot of our future customers who think about the future and think about innovative technologies. Yeah. I yeah. Mean, this is the right time for the corporate bond market because there are so many people who work in it every single day who say, you know what, there's a better way to do it. And I'm, I'm thinking about how it can go better, how we can be even better as a, as a firm and as a market. And I, I think we've managed to, to speak to a lot of those folks and they've given us amazing feedback, amazing input on, on creating the future. So, uh, you know, we, we have to, uh, it, it's not all us. It really is um, 
a lot of that interaction with, with customers as well. Mm. Yeah, they also must give you a lot of like insights into how because you're building, like Tim said before, from the ground up, talking to people. And obviously, you guys have your own knowledge from your own experiences, but talking to customers and kind of, I'm sure them being involved in the initial like building stages is super valuable too. Yeah, we're, we're going out, we're showing them um, demos of our, of our new front end, our Ledger Edge Oracle uh, right now, which is really exciting. Um, but that, that's been, it's been a wonderful experience to talk to customers for months and say, look, this, this is what we're doing, this is what we're building, and here's why. And they say, great, th- that sounds really good. We, we think this is awesome. We believe in it. And then to come back, you know, not very much long after, you know, after a month and say, okay, here, here's how it's going to look. You kind of it, it, they light up and they say, "Wow, that that, that was quick!" And this is really yeah. really new and fresh and clean. I mean, Tim, what are your thoughts on on the initial feedback from this uh, this completely new front end? Yeah, the initial feedback has been, you know, by and large, really positive. You get um, we're just getting so much feedback; it's it's absolutely fantastic, and that that's all we want right now. I mean, we've managed to spin this thing around. The, uh, the UI really in the space of sort of 10, and t- 10 to 12 weeks we worked with a great team to do that. Um, wow. so, so yeah, the, the, the feedback has been great. I think where, where we've, we've tried to, you know, you know, as we were talking earlier on, the engagement we've had with our clients, I suppose what we want to do is be able to show them how serious we are and how we can be really agile and how we can develop software and technology that will meet their needs. But we also have to caveat that with, that the fact that you know we are going to work ridiculously hard at this and we're going to be massively agile but everything will take time as well um yeah. so it's kind of like we want them just to see the vision that we're looking to build and get their trust in us that you know what we we will sort of sit with you with these hiccups and if you're getting something wrong on a ui perspective you know we'll give you we'll give you a bit more of a you know broader scope to kind of make changes and and, and work with us so we're not just yeah. trying to shove a finished article on them we kind of want to beg, borrow, and steal their time and say, look, guys, we want to be partners with you here. Um, because, you know, right now we, we haven't achieved anything. We've, we've done some, some really good work behind the scenes, um, but we, we know there's a long way to go and we want mm-hmm. people to trust us in, in that vision. Yeah. Yeah, especially, and, and I know also one of the benefits of working at a startup and just uh, having a smaller team is being able to move quickly and make decisions quickly. Um, but with implementing this technology is it going to be it's it's probably going to be a lot more difficult once you actually have the product and like are going to have people implementing it will that be kind of tough for these companies that are going to start using it or yeah well um uh, is really hard no matter what yeah yeah what a good question we're we're working with a, a great company called yala labs um which is full of the um the former technology team from the London Stock Exchange, and, mm-hmm. and a really top-notch capital markets team uh, called Millennium, to to build the um, the the ecosystem itself, the technology itself. That's already begun. So we've already finished one sprint. We're halfway into sprint two, and um, it's it's great. We're we're rocking and rolling. I think that um, that that's been a, a great experience. But then you know the the way that customers will connect to us, the way that we'll um, you know, make this product available to customers will be as easy as possible. That's our goal. So that means we've, we're doing the work, we're taking the time, we're spending the money to, to build the integrations that are required to make this a really easy and, and, um, and, and well, yeah, just an easy process once, once we are live. 
Um, and, and that means working with partners uh, like order management systems, execution management systems. Uh, we're working with lots of the, the most forward-thinking uh, partners in that space as well. So um, it, as Tim says, it's, it's really hard work. The next few months are, are critical, and um, we have to be really focused and, and get a lot done. But we're going about it in a way that you know, we, we think will be the very best for the most important person, which is the, the customer. Yeah, yeah. I, I would add also that you know we've all been through this before, which is you know uh, sort of running any exchange is like, well, what what is the onboarding process? Let let's map that out. How do we look mm -hmm. to make that process a lot easier? What what do we do in terms of integration? Well, okay, well, fix specs. How how do we write a fix spec that actually is sympathetic to the way that the clients currently integrate with other applications? So how can we make sure the tags are aligned? And so I think. The, particularly that the technology guys, um, you know, Bob and, and the, the team underneath them, they've done an incredibly good job of looking at all of those different pain points. You know, there's buy side, sell side experience within the company in terms of, you know, uh, development. We, we kind of know what the problems are and we know that we're going to have to hit a bunch of them, but we, there's a way that we can make them a lot easier for ourselves and, and for our end clients. Yeah. Definitely. So what is next for you guys? You it sounds like you have a very busy few months. I actually, I will say my favorite podcast guests are ones like yourself. The ones you're speaking to right now. <laughs> yeah, you guys are my favorite of all time. <laughs> well, at least Tim, yeah. It's true. You guys are I love talking to you guys. Um, well, Dave, Dave but, left the Maldives for, for a month. He, he, he figured he had a good year last year, so he was going <laughs> to... Take it easy. Yeah. Um, but I do really like talking to people like you who are like, there's a lot of work to come, but it's exciting. It's obviously you guys have uh, have done accomplished a lot in the last few months, but the exciting, the best times are still yet to come. Um, so what's next for you guys? What's your go-to-market plan? What mm. country are you focusing on first? Yeah. Uh, well, as, as you were talking about that, I was thinking, oh, God, I wish, I wish Steve Taylor was here. Steve Taylor is our uh, amazing program manager. And part of the, uh, the, the, very, the very planned excitement is that he has A to Z one to infinity mapped out for ledger edge from now until like really mid 2026 <laughs> it's it's amazing right um so so uh anyway that's one that's one of the great benefits of working with true professionals is he's, he's just got it all under control so um uh no what what's what's next what, where are we going what are we going to do right so right now we're on, on the cusp of that moment with with customers where we're going to say, right, you, you with us in September or not? And, yeah. um, and so I'm, I'm really excited about, about that moment. We're giving lots of demos right now. And then um, we'll have the product built, starting to test in the summer, and then going live in, uh, in September. We're going to go live in the UK as a UK-based multilateral trading facility. Um, and, and also on that process is getting our regulatory licensing, which I mentioned earlier. Um, and yeah, if I if I didn't mention that at all, then then Ian would probably say, "What what the hell did you talk about?" <laughs> um, so that's where we're starting, right? So so UK based to begin with, um, and and then uh, soon after that, probably one or two months after that, launching in the US. Um, very excited to expand to the US to hire a team in New York and to uh, enter what is the biggest segment of the corporate bond market. After that, we'll we'll. Um, launch a, another market in Europe. Uh, one of the great tragedies of uh, <laughs> the current political situation is that we have to do that due to Brexit. Um, mm. But uh, hey-ho, we'll figure it out. And yeah. um, 
and then after that, you know, we've, we've, this is what Tim mentioned earlier. We've had so many people say, look, you should look at emerging markets. You should look at other asset classes. You know, once we, once we go live, once we really get it right, once customers are having a great experience on the platform that we've designed so far, well, th then we can look up a little bit. But for now, that, that's exactly what we're focused on. Yeah. Wow. So many exciting times for you guys ahead. <laughs> Lots of work. Yeah, I wish I could just press fast forward to, to this time next year and actually oh, no, see... No, I like like what actually did happen. You know, <laughs> I always I always don't want to uh, have to face some of the realities at the same time. I kind of enjoy it as well in in a perverse way. It's, oh, it's just, going to be so much fun. It's yeah, it's going to be full on. Uh, the, the client side, um, you know, the integrations, OMS, um, you know, uh, all the sort of sell side um, uh, integrators as well. It's it's yeah, it's not going to be a walk in the park. Yeah, yeah, but. I mean, you have a lot of good to come. I, that's so exciting for you guys looking towards the summer and then in September. If people want to get involved or contact you or learn more, how do they do so? Right. Yeah. Great. Great. Question. Sorry, Dave. You paused there. And I, oh, I didn't pause. Thank you. Pause. So after you said that, no. Dave, you, you can't. You can't <laughs> on the next one. What was rubbish? We're no. on the exact same page with the pauses. What this, is, this is one of the downsides of, of being remote, Catherine. Is that you, you can't. It's, it's very no, difficult. No, you, you telepathically. I just missed that body language, and I just said how good I was at Ellie Ronnie. How terrible. No. So we uh, actually we, we've got a website that's uh, that's coming out in I think it's three weeks, and we've got a video as well. And um, so that will naturally uh, people will be able to direct themselves to that we, we you know we're really really happy with the way this um this video which will basically showcase you know high level what we're looking to achieve here and the uh the website i think looks really uh, cool and fresh so um i think otherwise you know we're uh, we're available on linkedin um you know dave and i please you know feel free to distribute our, our details as well we'd love to speak to everyone in the market um you know the door is always open to anyone really we, we're having some great conversations but but yeah that uh, we've got good presence on twitter and, and linkedin and as i said the website is going to be out very very soon which we're massively excited about cool i will link all of this information in the bio of the episode if anyone wants to do you want it do you want me to put in your emails <laughs> or are we yeah, yeah you, can put, you, can, you can put my put my email in dave, dave doesn't like to get bombarded so uh, i you know <laughs> I, I, I love I random emails that. Uh, you know what? Just because of that, I'm, we're going to make sure that all of the emails are put in, just just mine and Tim's. There you um, go. <laughs> and uh, yeah, that would be great, Catherine. And in the meantime, let's let's stay in touch. It was so good to talk to you again. I know, it was so good talking to you guys, seeing you on Zoom, even though we can't be in person. Hopefully, by this time next year, maybe we can just like celebrate with a little beer in a pub. Maybe, maybe we just go to your Jersey Shore, your, um, your the beach house, and do it from there. It's live from the beach house, we can call it. All right, that. sure. Live from the beach. Yeah, from the I, beach. I, I, I could fly with that. <laughs> I mean, I could do literally anything if that means being with people right now. Yeah. But anyways, thank you so much for joining me. It was really fun talking to you guys, and I learned a lot about kind of what you're you're aiming to do and and the exciting months that you have ahead. Well, great questions, Catherine. Thank you so much for your time. It's great to see you again. Yeah, thanks for having us, Catherine. Thank you for listening to this episode of Life in the Fast Chain. 
We have a lot of great episodes to come. Before I really close off here though, I really need to, that was like my, my what I should say, and now I really wanna go into what I wanna say. And this has nothing to do with anything probably that you guys care about, but I'm gonna continue anyways. So I am working from home right now. I'm going into the office about two days a week, kind of depends. Um, obviously COVID standards and everything, we're, we're paying attention to all that, masks, everything. Um, and the office is so nice and big. I've, I've said before in New York that you are really not near anyone um, and there's not that many people going in. I digress. So I was joking last episode about stealing one of the microphones for when I'm working from home. Um, I didn't do that. <laughs> stealing one of the microphones from the office, I mean. I didn't do that. But I realized that I have this little Rode, R-O-D-E, um, microphone that plugs into my phone. So I'm recording on that right now, and I hope the quality is good, and if it's not good, then I completely take back the story. But as I'm recording, I'm like, oh wait, I think this is pretty legit. This is pretty good. So because I'm recording on my phone, I have it plugged in, um, obviously, to, to where you, you charge it and, and all that stuff. So I'm recording, it sounds amazing. And then I realized I have Dropbox, the Dropbox app on my phone. And that's how I get the files over to our producer, Conan Brophy, shout out, um, and blah, blah, blah. So long story short, I record in the intro and I'm like, how does this integrate? I go to save it and it lets me save directly to a Dropbox folder. I go through my folder paths, I find the folder, save it, done, couldn't have been easier, and this is all on my phone. This is not an advertisement for literally anything um, because we don't do ads here, but I will say, they don't, no one would have to pay me to tell you guys how convenient this is, um, and it's amazing, and that's how I'm recording the conclusion right now. Anyways, thank you for listening to uh, to the podcast, Ledger Edge. Those guys were great. We have a lot of good episodes to come. Like I said before, um, share on your um, social media app of choice if you'd like. Share with friends and family. Um, obviously, we have different use cases and we go around to different industries, but I think... Um, Other than listening to certain episodes that you're interested in based on maybe industries or guests or whatever, I think the value in um, listening to the podcast sometimes is just hearing like how influential and amazing this technology can be in different use cases, um, different companies, whether it's startups or or big organizations. Um, I think it's really cool listening to all these people. I hope you do too. If you're listening this far, that means you probably are. But yeah, stay tuned for more episodes, even if it's not really in um, an industry that you're necessarily super interested in. uh, We have a lot of thought leaders and really brilliant people coming on in the next few episodes. So I hope you stay tuned in. Um, Everyone stay safe, healthy, happy, sane. um, But most importantly, uh, stay safe. Mental, physical health, very important. Bye! Bye!